Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Hey, thanks for joining us today. Sunday, 12 o'clock. You're watching Cannabis Legalization News with me and Tom. We're going to talk about accreditation uh, webinar coming up, which Tom thinks is funny. I want to talk about it, but it's also... You'll get it. And then we got some business news and uh, other things coming up. Thanks. Stay tuned. Oops. You get what you pay for here. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Tom. What's going on, man? How's it going? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Uh, yeah, we have something about cannabis testing accreditation, and then uh, we also have THC limits have been introduced into another state. We got a six hundred million dollar lawsuit against uh, Makerage Holdings, Washington pot shop robbed again, uh, Georgia lawsuit stalls medical cannabis market, an armored car has filed a lawsuit against law enforcement for returning their money, and a Colorado town gets a wicked awesome rec center from weed money. These are all the main stories of the week. I tell you what, it's um, been interesting. Cannabis uh, over at facebook.com. You can find our, our main page, Marijuana Prohibitions Unconstitutional. And it had been stuck at like 300,000 for years. And now it's finally up at 310,000. And so like it's gone up, which is strange uh, because maybe we're no longer siloed. I, I think we're still siloed, but I think it's also interaction, man. Well, we've been yeah. had this page for 10 years now. And, you know, what did it, that, that last metric you pulled up, we reached over 5 million people in a month or whatever? Yeah. Like, again, this is because we've been, we created, you created this page and I've been helping you out, I think, out of altruism, right? Like, whether it be because the prohibition conversation is very depressing and very complicated and very disheartening sometimes. So, you know, I try and make it levity there with my uh, my dank memes, you know, but... Also, we do stories and we, we try and help share awareness. So that's why I was like today for me was the cannabis testing that I, the webinar I found. Um, I, you know, I, I get a lot of emails from accreditation stuff. And this one right here is very important, I think, because A2LA is one of the government bodies that I adhere to in electronics. So, you know, I can't talk about who I work for, but I can talk about what I do. And what I do is work in, in calibration metrology. It's, it's the checks and balances of like. Uh, and I'm posting a link too, so people can join the webinar if they want. But the thing is, it's like, how do you know a pound's a pound that you buy? A cheese, a gallon of gas, all this stuff needs to be checked. All this stuff needs to be verified. And this is one of the bigger bodies that are doing it. These guys are actually at the first level of like the the, the international pound, the international standards, and that's what we need nationally. It's going to be happening. So we absolutely do need the standardization nationally. You know, lights per pound, no, pounds per light or grams per square foot. How do you measure stuff? What types of inputs, you know, are, are you supposed to use? What types of rack size should you use? Then think about all the extraction technology. Uh, and then how do you have GMP compliance? Because that seems to be built into the federal uh, policies that will be forthcoming and they're already in Canada. So, yeah, man, that is pretty interesting. But it's not, I mean, that's like we need standards, we need data, we need science. But that's not what usually happens in a lot of these states. Have you seen the stuff that's coming out? Uh, most recently, it's my home state of Illinois. Can you believe that? Illinois has released uh, something in a bill introduced by uh, Representative Mark Badenick. Uh, and he wants to amend our cannabis law 
to cap cannabis flower flower at 10% THC and concentrates would be capped at 15% THC and cannabis infused products also at 15% THC. So look at that. They, they, they still, even in legalized states, push back against legalization. And, and why? Why? What happened in between legalization and at that moment they created that bill? Like what mass scariness of cannabis, high THC things? What, what happened, dude? Was there a mass suicide out there? Was there, no. you know, what's, 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 what, why are they cracking down on THC percentages? You know, just to give you a uh, hemp extra uh, program. You I don't get it. I don't get it, but they are saying, oh, no, you can't have THC in excess of 10%. And I don't think this bill is going to get anywhere. It was just introduced by a this representative, Mark Badenick. And so he is a Republican from the uh, Plainfield area, which is a fairly conservative area of the collar counties of Illinois. So he's a Republican member of the Illinois House. And we get picked on for sometimes getting political and being like, Hey, let's go, Brandon. So people will put that in our comments. And I'm like, man, that's, that's weird. Or they'll just say like, you know, your, your opinion is crap. And I'm like, Oh, I respect that. Thank you. Uh, uh, but dude, that wasn't introduced by a Democrat. What it, name one uh, THC limiting bill that has been introduced by a Democrat. And I, interestingly enough, there probably is one. You know? Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. But you know, the whole, bs about us when we talk about politics right again i'm not i'm an independent but right now the the r's are showing their true colors as far as like not in my there's nothing in, i make under four hundred thousand. i make under almost you know a hundred thousand so there's nothing that policy wise it's like you're not looking out in my best interest or, or people like me you know people who live paycheck to paycheck or whatever right. you know this is not good like it, it the, the limiting the tac cap 100% shows ignorance. It just shows they're coming from this place of like, what, what do we call it? Like gut reactions, you know, where yeah. like the, the Fox News scariness, like, oh, people coming over the border and oh, right. uh, yeah. what happened to uh, uh, Biden's laptop? Ah, what? I mean, like, I don't right. give an F about most of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? But that's how it is. I mean, and that's just one of the things. Don't tell my feelings that they aren't factually accurate. And that that don't have, tell my feelings that they aren't true doesn't... Um, that's hard for a lot of people. I usually call them idiots when they can't do that, when they don't when they don't have the ability to override their own thoughts and prejudices and be like, wait, let me think. Um, let me think on this, you know, analytically and critically for a moment. Some people just lack that ability, man. Um, like but I said, why? why go? After? What happened in Illinois? What's so bad? That, I mean, and again, what's happened in the past 10 years since Washington's been legal? Washington and or, or in Colorado have been legal for 10 years now. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And they're doing they're doing all right. But, you know, talking about uh, the OG of Washington State, I mean, mentioning that there was a story that came out of Everett that uh, Everett Pot Shop was robbed in a violent takeover for the second time in 35 days. That is being reported out of the MyEverettNews.com. That footage is harsh, you know. And again, this is the reason why the Safe Banking Act is so important, right? It's not protecting big government it's protecting small and pop shops this is a, yeah, a, a not a shop. chain yeah no it's not like uh, washington state has a lot of independent cannabis ownership uh, the, the msos really don't operate in washington state maybe it's a little bit of cookies but uh, cookies is a strange duck for an mso um and and that they are being robbed again uh, for the second time in 35 days that's because that's where the money is you know that's the cash if they didn't have that type of cash they were able to get banking services so they could take credit cards and stuff. Nobody's going and robbing a whole bunch of um, uh, grocery stores because most of those transactions are probably done by a credit card. And when you go to local, local dispensary, how easy is it to drop 50 to hundred bucks a dispensary, Miggy? That's my, my, my usual purchase, but keep in mind too. Like, perfect, that's perfect for a credit card. Yeah. Like you don't want to be paying with cash. I, mean, I don't like to be paying with cash. If it's over 20 bucks, you know? I generally don't carry cash, but I do carry cash because I, I like weed. <laughs> That's it. And then but, somebody know, might jack you on the way into the pot shop. But like, you know, when, when liquor stores are robbed, right? How often are the liquor stores robbed at the same time? They, they steal all the product, right? All these like two liters or whatever the case, right? They don't because it's so fucking heavy and walk away with, whereas at a pot shop, you can walk away with a couple hundred thousand in, in, a, in a duffel bag along with the cash. You know, this is very unfair and it's very 
it's going to be a while, but the Safe Banking Act would definitely help it. It would definitely help it. Everett police are even asking for tips to help find who has done this robbery. And they have photos of the suspects. Of course, they're wearing masks and whatnot. It is coronavirus season, but also they're trying to evade uh, detection. Uh, and anyway, it's it's just one of those things that the Safe Banking Act isn't just going to benefit MSOs. It's going to benefit mom and pot, <laughs> mom and pot, mom and pop pot shops in Washington state. And hopefully also in your jurisdiction, but, you know, um, probably not. Because, like, you could be in New York. And if you were in New York, you would know that a hearing begins in a $600 million lawsuit against the MSO Acreage Holding. And so Acreage Holding is being sued, originally filed in 2018. It alleges that Acreage and others engaged in a scheme to deprive the investor group out of a 25% interest in the management role, the operation NYC, NYC Anna. See, like how they did that there. This is this is something that yeah. needs to stop. That um, that grinds my gears. Like um, I see this a lot in cannabis. Like you know, it's always these plays on Canna or other. It's just the, the play on the word cannabis and all that other stuff. And I'm like, hey, there it is again. Gosh darn it! Once you guys stop being trying to be creative, if you're not creative, but anyway, well, and, and eventually they're gonna run out of shit too. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's been 10 years now. Like, yeah, even yeah, but, but Anchorage Holdings is positioned so that it's only there's only 10 license holders in the state of New York. They're one of them. And then as that uh, market opens up, they are going to end up dominating it. But that is the company is only one of 10 medical marijuana licenses, each vertically integrated. And so that vertical integration and you have the whole state, 10 operators, 20 million people. What are you thinking? And well, so it's taking two hundred million as well as four hundred million in punitive damages and control the New York licenses, according to Syracuse.com. That's very unfortunate, but you guys are in the same situation, though, right? Similar, but not as bad. Like Illinois is not as bad as New York when it comes to how many uh, players were in their medical space going into their recreational space. I- I, again, all these are just monopolies. No matter how you look at it, you have a limited license, high entry. You know, this is just a, a, a rich boy playground still. You know, and then we're talking about some of the MSOs coming from Washington or uh, in Washington. There are some here, but a lot of them came from here. They came from the medical days where they're able to raise that capital, and then when the laws kicked in, somebody magically found five hundred thousand to you know float property and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened all the time, and. Uh, you know, good on them for fucking being successful. Yeah. Well, you know, let's uh, try something a little different over here right now. Hey, uh, what'd you guys think about us doing that one thing we did? So, like, we started to spin the episodes in the sense that uh, after this thing went live, we then downloaded it and chopped it up into little micro episodes. What do you think about that stuff? Why don't you tell us in the comments if you like how we create micro episodes from the larger show. So like when we're just talking about that Illinois introduction of uh, THC limits, what do we think about that? Um, I oppose them. I think they're dumb. And so that'll be like a little two minute show, three minute show. Do you like those or should we just not do that? That's what we're asking, you know? Yeah, I think they're working though. I'm surprised they get more views than I thought. Then again, we get more views than I thought. You know, we're just like two old f's that were talking on Google Hangout, and then like, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool that we reached the five million on Facebook. You know, whatever hundred thousand on YouTube's or whatever. But and again, because it's all about we, we can't monetize. Well, <laughs> it pays for my life, you know. Like, uh, and yeah. so. I, I, the collateral base and then cannabisindustrylawyer.com. If you haven't gone there, you should. I mean, that's going to be what 420, uh, 420 past the hour is, is looking for or is, is brought to you by. And so I'll save the commercial for then. However, it's, um, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> well, yeah, no, this has benefited you. I'm so happy for it. And, and, and you know, this is like my 500th uh, media attempt. And, and now I, I just, I'm at the point where I'm lucky to be in a position where. I don't have to like, this is going to pay for my food, right? Like I used to like, this was my goal, but now this is just something that I want to, that's why I talked about the webinar, right? Like I'm just trying to give mm-hmm. information so we can get this goddamn plant legal. And so I don't have to worry about fucking going to jail. I can cross state lines. We can have powwows again. I don't know. Well, man. you could be working at a cow lab or a lab for testing wheat. 
You know, you could be working at a weed testing lab or you could own a well, weed testing lab ownership can be quite expensive. But, you know, maybe we could figure out how to do that, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, I'm pretty stuck. Well, I'm not stuck. I, I, I'm happy and finally in a position of where I like to do things that I like to do. And then that's it, man. You know, it's like uh, when you hit me up to do this, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to I want to talk. And I knew we'd, we'd eventually get a, you know, a following and whatnot. But, man, I'm so crazy to see, like, you know, 100 people hanging out with us, 300 people hanging out with us or whatever. Right. And then the week's analytics of like a, a hundred thousand or whatever. Yep. And then you just see them turning the dials on and off. It's like, oh, don't give them views. Okay, give them views. Well, and, and I think a lot of that's the algorithm, right? Like we all are under the impression, most people are, um, who don't know how to internet that like, you know, like Facebook, like a lot of these apps, they're all websites that came out at one time, right? They were just a website. And then how the website, when people post things, it was all like real time. Remember right. that time when like, you could always see the newest thing. Not but only then, that, that was that was a time in like architecture for uh, software for like relational databases to, is yes. changing into a different type of database structure that they used. You know, um, but whatever, I'll nerd out later. Well, yeah. I'm saying that's why I post pictures like on the on the Facebook uh, the free THC group, right? Like we'll do a video or I'll post a video, and then I'll wait like an hour, post a picture or a meme, and I honestly think there's something in the algorithm that says, okay, we're not going to flood you with video feeds, but we're, Hey, look, it's a funny cat video. That's smoking mm -hmm. weed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's yep. what I see, man. Yeah. That is something else. That is something else. I just don't know why. Um, the country has not done anything on this issue in over 50 years. And they, they, they've just ignored the studies. And then they still, like, this is a brand new thing that was released in the state of Illinois to limit the, the THC caps. So, like, the, the prejudice just doesn't go away because it's, again, it's that thing where I'd call them idiots, where they uh, have the inability to have their feelings be overridden by actual facts of the matter, which may completely prove them wrong. Uh, and, and so they just can't go, oh, you know what? I might have been wrong on this. And change you, their opinion. Do you think something like this, though, like like prohibition is an, obviously a, a it's a no brainer for ninety percent of the country, right? America, you know, whatever side you're on, you can agree that prohibition is wrong. But like, now this is stay with me here. You know, like all that like weird subdivision, like when people talk about like the Russia and China, like you know the the messing with the algorithm and trying to sway Americans to cause that divide, right? Mm -hmm maybe part of it is that right because if we could all just focus and be like you know weed because that's the one thing i've been fighting for for goddamn half my life it's just one plant like one thing one issue it's all it's i care about non-toxic it hasn't killed anybody people benefit from it it changes their life for the better completely illegal you know more people should be more mad about this the fact that you can be incarcerated or we should take a smoke break. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, maybe you've worked yourself up, but fortunately, it's 20 past the hour. So you know what that means. That was brought to you by my firm, The Collateral Base, which... You can find our law blog over at CannabisIndustryLaw.com and then head on over to our knowledge section where we have our social equity incubator program. For a $500 administrative fee, I will work with you on your social equity application uh, because very often that social equity application is it requires evidence and you have to put it together properly. And so we'll put that evidence together properly. And then you are the first investor in your business. And then we can give you access to our mastermind program, our basic version of it gratis. And so I was just building this before the show actually started. Um, you can see because I am still have that hat. Right there. Uh, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing that we have here on UpCoach. It really makes organizing your file structure so that we can get it done really, really easy. And then after you're done, you give me a call and then we look at it and go, yes, you're a social equity applicant and you're the first investor in your business. Here's a promissory note. Please keep track of how much you've invested because your first money and you should get that investment back. Speaking of, I found my evidence uh, going through some old stuff through my, uh, you know, uh, files and stuff. Um, I found this old ticket that I had. It was an arrest ticket for uh, um, me and my brother and the friend were at a concert, Mayday Festival in San Diego. And uh, we're all smoking a joint in between sets. And uh, uh, yeah, it was like getting busted and slow. You know, like that in Austin Powers where the really, the cars come in. You're like, no. Well, mm -hmm. I got busted by a cop on a bike. You're like, is he coming closer? Is that close? Is that? Oh, hi. How you doing, officer? <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, yeah. I took it all. I was like, everybody, just give me your weed. Just give me, I'll fucking take it. Like, I, yeah. I, 
I'll take a bust, <laughs> you know. What year was this? Uh, 95 ish. Wow, that's back. Uh, that's like cutting edge. Very few places had medical defenses back then. Well, it wasn't a medical defense in California, it was decriminalized for an ounce under. So, okay, that's still yeah. quite a bit. I mean, like, I never really have more than an ounce on me, especially when I'm going outside, you know. No, nah, not, not for personal consumption, but you know, sometimes I might have more, but yep. But I did find a ticket, and then I uh, I cleared it up with uh, community service that I had a friend help me. Well, you know, now what we need to do is we need to find your partner in New Jersey that wants to use your social equity and then their New Jersey connections, because it's still very local, uh, to get in on the application team. And it's not like you don't bring anything to the table with your knowledge and activism of years, but then also your highly regulated area of expertise being a, a cow lab in the tech industry. And so I think your resume would look really nice uh, for a team, especially a team not without a social equity, but they, maybe they have the New Jersey contacts. You know, that's that's where your weakness would be uh, in the sense that, you know, it's not, it, you need the social equity, otherwise you're just not gonna get a license. Right. But then you need more than that. And a lot of cannabis is exceedingly local, you know? Residency, that's a big one, right? Like, uh, Not just the residency, but then like the um, the activity in the community as well. Is, is quite important. And so how are you going to benefit and engage your community uh, for the better? We have a wonderful story about that. I tell you, this is like one of those things that we're going to hit. Uh, we already did the shit that I wasn't expecting or the countdown. I don't even think we need to hit anything about that, except for maybe a wake up with Scylla. We'll hit a wake up with Scylla and then we'll talk about cannabis policy done really, really well. I have to bring it up, though, because the website was just abysmal. It had a video in it that would autoplay every three minutes. And so I exited oh. it out because otherwise it would be playing right now. Uh, yeah. But it's, a, it's, the, it's the story that you like to see uh, because this is how weed regulation actually should be. And that was used to construct a $41 million rec center in Aurora, Colorado. That's right. They used marijuana tax revenue in the city of Aurora, Colorado to build a huge 76,000 square foot rec center that should be completed in early 2023. It is a $42 million pro uh, project funded by marijuana tax revenue. Here is one of the rendering drawings, drawings of the uh, Southeast Aurora Rec Center. That one's not loading particularly well, uh, but that's, that's what you need to do. You know, look at that. That's great. People are working out. And yeah. playing uh, sports, they're staying healthy. And what fueled it? I think it's it's this is why people move to new communities because of the amenities that that community can offer. Uh, and they're using their cannabis tax revenues to fund things that make people want to move to that community. And then not just that. I mean, like this place is going to be so much better because the kids have a place to go do things now and focus. You know, this is important why the YMCA and Big Brothers and all those other things exist. You know, like. Kids have a lot of energy and a lot of things to think about and want to process. And if you have a place that you, they can do this, your community is so much better for it. Well, don't, you know, waste your don't waste your marijuana tax revenue. You know, invest it in, in your communities. And that's one of the things that a lot of those towns that opt out, they'll want to opt in because they'll see that revenue source that could be going to fund a big gap in their budget that makes something uh, not as nice as it could be in their community, you know? And that money, so it was just raised by that city's taxes alone, right? Or is that funding from the state taxes overall? I don't know. I'd have to read the article more thoroughly. Okay, I was just curious. Like, I mean, because you guys pulled in a billion dollars. I mean, fifty million is just like a small increment of that billion, but it just says the forty-one point nine, so basically forty-two million dollar project is fully funded by marijuana tax revenue, according to the city. So I'm assuming. All of it was from marijuana sales tax. Because so all the cities who didn't who opted out are probably just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know uh, why you just cost your city a forty-two million dollar rec center. You think people are going to want to move there as opposed to your city? Of course, I wouldn't want to move over to that one guy's place where he's trying to limit weed. I mean, that's one of the nice things about Illinois. Well, that's not necessarily true. The municipalities were allowed to opt out of having any cannabis business in their area. 
But then like the state just issues the licenses. It's not a dual licensing state like um, California or, or New Jersey or Michigan. Right. But still, when they opt out, you're you're limiting your, your people's ability to 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 have a, a fighting chance. This is the crazy stuff that like all the hippies talked about. Right. Like taxes will help America. You know, the, the cannabis can help if they had an industry it would help build the infrastructure like all the wild stuff like cannabis won't kill you. And it won't end fucking the democracy. Whatever fear mongering that happened over the hundred years has not happened, right? right? Like, it's just ridiculous. And the fact that we have people sitting in jail for this is the worst, worst blight in American justice and in American history. You know, it's one of the worst, right? We, we there's no, several other worst injustice king, uh, that continues to go on. And then the industry is way more crooked than it needs to be. It, it, if the industry was fully federally legal, it wouldn't have the type of crap that it has in it right now. I'm going to have to exit out of this story about the um, Colorado Rec Center, though, because otherwise it's going to start playing some video, some some audio. Because that video will start playing, man. I know that it will. Worst websites. Well, there's bad websites everywhere. Bad websites everywhere. Hey, did we talk about uh, Georgia news? No, oh, what's going on in Georgia? In Georgia news, a lawsuit is further stalling the medical cannabis rollout. The launch of Georgia's limited medical cannabis market still has to wait because of an ongoing lawsuit over the state's licensing processes. And of course, this delay is after six medical marijuana cultivation licenses were awarded last year. And a bill was passed to allow up to 30 dispensaries to sell medical marijuana oils because flour apparently is not allowed. Um, but, you know, this is one of those things where you have to really kind of consider the aspects of Georgia. You see, that's only six cultivation facilities and 30 dispensaries. Do you know what the population of Georgia is, dude? Got to be above a million. Uh, it is 10.6 million. And so it's 10.6 million. And then you're going to have 30 dispensaries for 10.6 million people. You have six cultivators for 10.6, but that's bananas. Maybe the same person behind the trees. Oh, wait. Oh, are you frozen? Or am I frozen? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. So my video is frozen. But uh, anyways, maybe uh, the person behind uh, uh, can't issue dispensaries. Mm-hmm. It's the same person behind issuing out voter booths, perhaps. <laughs> but then my my preferred uh, you know back of the napkin thing about like what's the dispersion of dispensaries is about like what you use for a Starbucks, uh, you know, one out of twenty five thousand. And so like for every twenty five thousand people, you put a dispensary. And if you did that, four hundred twenty five medical dispensaries should actually be in Georgia, not not thirty for ten point six million people and six cultivation facilities. So, yeah, they've just done a terrible job in Georgia of actually creating a medical industry. And I hope that they just go ahead and jump the shark and legalize it. Why are you going to let these extremely wealthy people be the only ones that are going to run the show when you can go straight to it and legalize it next year? But, you know, who's who's running Georgia? Seriously. Agreed. I, but, you know, they, again, Georgia has been this. It's very uh, like they were so important during the last election. You know, like I think people underestimate the South and certain parts like surprise, we're all equal. We're all part of the same nation. Like, uh, uh, you know, they're not red. Right. People want to be like, oh, everybody's like me. But, you know, it's, it's not like that. This, there are so many freaking people in this world, in America, whatever. Right. But Georgia's not red or blue. It's purple. Pretty cool. Even the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, kicked in. I like it. That's pretty awesome. I just can't wait for uh, regulators in our state to start catching up to that. You know, it's something else, man. Hey, did you uh, get us a name that strain this? I did. Nice. All right. Let's, uh, why don't we play a little bit of uh, everybody's favorite, you know, uh, interactive online game. Uh, Name that strain. You get it? I'll get the brander. In the game with only street cred. There we are. I'm, I'm coming at you between two nugs. Tom is between two nugs, and now Miggy is between two nugs. I tried uh, to center the the main nug in the center. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a high. Uh, let me see if I can give a really good hint without a. Um, it's like a medium yeah. with a TAC range. 
Okay. And so uh, it looks fairly compact and it looks like it had a lot of hairs or, or stigma when it was uh, growing. It, you know, I, fairly de- it's nice uh, trim job. I see one sugar leaf, but I really don't mind when sugar leaves are, well, are left on like that because they protect t- trichomes. Uh, it doesn't look like it's been, you know, really worked over or damaged too much. Um, decent it's a home grow too. It's a home grow. Nice. From a viewer. Well, probably why it looks like it's not overly manicured and hasn't been worked over so much. You know, it hasn't been as processed. Uh, I got, we got a blue dream gash. I mean, that's kind of a chunky nug. So I don't think that blue dream is all that far off, uh, but I don't know what the strain is. Um, so it's a hybrid with a little bit of CBG in it. 1%. A little bit of CBG in it, huh? And I also thought it kind of looked like a little golf ball. So you have a tangy OG guess out there. I'm like, yeah, you know, those, those, those nuggets that, you know, they're kind of like golf ball size. Um, I never even heard of the name, the, the name of this. Is this obviously something that was bred recently? Um, yeah. So Denver. Do you know how many dispensaries are in Denver? Dude, that's just the city alone. You know, Washington State had hundreds at one time, dude. Really? Yeah. It, it was it was amazing. Like them trying to figure out the amount of licenses they were going to issue because that was always a big topic, right? Was like, uh, um, uh you know, about the patients, right? First, there was medical that proved that the apocalypse doesn't happen. And then, uh, 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 no, not seeing it still. Um, seen it, huh? But then when it, when it became uh, uh, recreational, uh, that's where a lot of the uh, uh, powers that be, uh, you know, killed our medical. But it, 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 when the law was becoming, it was always about the patients. It was like, how are we going to structure this law to protect the patients? None of it really did. You know, with a, the bill that killed medical here in Washington State, SB 52, was called the Patients Act. So, like, they literally killed the medical market with a name that didn't have the patient's best interest at heart. So there's hundreds of, of dispensaries that were limited to now just a couple. Uh, I think we're down to 100 or 200 dispensaries in Washington State as per the LCB. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, nobody's getting it. Shit. Let's see. What else can I give you a hint on? It is a uh, potent hybrid marijuana strain. Produces energizing, happy effects. It tastes like citrus with woody undertones. Hmm. It's got a uh, what's the uh, caro caro carophylline? Carophylline. Better carophylline. Yeah. Or caryophylline, depending yeah. on how you actually want to pronounce it. But yeah, you can never have enough, man. I wish a free market would just judge. But with all these limiting licenses. It's always going to be a monopoly, in my opinion, until when you don't when the thing about limited licenses is you can screen the the yahoos that get a license. And so some of these people that you see in the more open market states, they're scumbags and uh, they're bad business people. They're you'd prefer that they aren't in the industry because they're crooks, you know. Uh, And so that's the but then the market opportunity for the profit motive is there and they just like flies to shit. Um, some entrepreneurs go to it, you know, and some entrepreneurs are shit. They will just, it's, I saw an opportunity. I seized it. I took it. It's thank you. And then this is mine and buy money. You know, it's, you know. it's real and, it, and it's cutthroat and it's all over the industry. But in half an hour, we already talked about two States, Georgia and New York, that are limited markets because of lawsuits and whatnot. Like they're stalled. They're stalled. Right. And, and no then, one wins from this. No one wins from it. And that just it just centralizes the amount of money. And so it just creates a larger and larger issue. So you need to have enough licenses so that the supply can be uh, sufficiently provided to the people. And then the industry can be uh, dynamic enough. So that's the only thing. I think Washington State could use more licenses because if it's if it's one dispensary per 25,000 people, you know, like Illinois should have like 700. Uh, um, uh, licenses. Well, well, maybe actually less than that because I think Illinois doesn't have 13 million people anymore. No, I agree, but that's the thing, right? Like, I, I personally, you know, I saw a free market. I saw a free capitalist market here in Washington when it was uh, medical, right? Like, you either had good weed and compete, or you just did not. Or if you had bad weed and were at a low price point, people would still buy shit weed. You know, like. Everybody wins as long as there's transparency and people try their best and say, look, this is all I got. You know what I mean? Like people are going to buy shitty cheap weed and people are going to buy expensive good weed. But as long as these markets like Georgia, uh, New York and every legal market stays. Well, what capped, weed is that? What all weed right. Is that? 
Well, it's because like nobody's getting it. You're saying, and so like, why yeah. don't you tell us the name of that strain and read us a little bit about the uh, the strength? This is THC Bud, grown by Annie Smoke Oklahoma Grow on Instagram. Uh, see, it's a potent hybrid marijuana strain. This strain produces energizing, happy effects. THC bomb tastes like citrus and woody undertones. Growers say this strain comes in large buds and have a covering of bright orange hairs. And flowering time for THC Bud is seven to nine weeks. Seven to nine weeks. It's about standard. I never heard of THC Bud, but again, I think that shows like you know lineage of weed in any state like i I don't get the seed to sell thing i don't understand why i mean i kind of do but and again we're past the point of diversion seed to sell should be on the company itself for their own inventory it shouldn't be a goddamn state mandatory thing you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well uh i got a couple more stories they're both pretty good First story, though, uh, and then I'm just kind of like on the fence. Which one should we cover first? Do you want to hear about uh, Armored Cash or Ohio? Oh, Ohio is a great one we should talk about. All right, let's do that one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that this has to do with stocks. An Ohio medical marijuana CEO has been suspended for giving out product samples, according to Ohio regulators. The top executive of a medical marijuana cultivator and processor in southwest Ohio had his employee license suspended last week after regulators accused him of giving out samples. Are you allowed to give out samples in uh, Washington state's market, Miggy? Do you know? No, you're not. And what they do is they got a weird way to work around it, like for events. If, mm-hmm. if I'm going to consume the... Uh, the store or the grower has to buy their own weed from the store Hmm. and then they can put it out there as far as like, at least that's the legal way that the structure was made, which is still bullshit. You're not allowed to give out samples in Illinois either. And so how do you get your product out there? Well, uh, you have to just sell it, I guess. Uh, And then it's, uh, are there any uh, workarounds in our state? I haven't seen them, but maybe like if it's still experimental or, um, yeah. Well, you don't go to events. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an event nerd whore out here. You know, like if someone says, hey, Mickey, you're invited to a thing. I'll try to be there. Like, I'm like, hell yeah. Because usually there's good weed and good people. Right. But this one is making an allegation that the Department of Commerce says Ancient Roots CEO David Haley gave away products to visitors as his Willington facility that were intended for distribution to dispensaries, according to records obtained by USA Today. Uh, and this one has been open since 2018 under Ohio's medical cannabis program. This is an example of how check the box regulations aren't as effective as complete application regulations. So Ohio is more of a check the box, box regulation state where you just like Ohio, Oklahoma, uh, New Mexico looks like it's shaping up that way. Oregon, where you just say, yeah, I'm doing it. But then well, they, you didn't even read it. You didn't have to read it. You didn't have to demonstrate how you're going to comply with it, you know? Well, they're also still medical, which is the like ultimate gray market, right? Like until like they just, I think, submitted the signatures enough again to to pass the uh, recreational bill, like, you know, going through. But in the medical market, man, they're still targets, you know, because medical is very ambiguous. We all know it's medicine. We all know it's medicine, but doctors can't write prescriptions. Legit cannot write you prescription, even though we call it a script. All it is is a recommendation from any goddamn doctor. (laughs) That's all that is. Yep, you're not allowed to. It's not really a prescription because there ain't one. There's no prescriptions for Schedule One stuff. Go get me a prescription to heroin. You're insane. That doesn't exist. You know exactly. And that's the I, I think the misnomer where people just like don't understand about as medical goes. All it is is an affirmative defense. It's not a law of the land where people are going to respect. You know, I can have all the Viagra I want and be like, oh right. People like respect that, but God forbid I I have weed just to maintain the case of the Mondays through Saturdays. <laughs> yep. Craziness, man. It hey, is. you know what? I got but one. More. I got kind of like somebody Go mentions that uh, it is kind of annoying. Back like in the last story, because you know we're not done with the Ohio bit yet. Um, have you ever been to like a wine tasting uh, or a, a whiskey tasting at a liquor distribution a retail store? I've been to both and they have them in our little hometown here is, you know, Peoria, Illinois is a history, historic um, whiskey town. And it's just one of those things where you're like, wait, you're right. This is, it's that double standard. It's if this was a 
not a marijuana dispensary or a marijuana cultivator, but a brewery, they'd have a tasting room, you know, and you gave out samples. Oh, that was supposed to go into the track and trace system. Come on. Did you see the, um, what's the one, uh, Chillinois posted the other day on Instagram with the, uh, I think governor or senator of like Kentucky or Louisiana, uh, drinking bourbon and promoting bourbon. But yet a week before he was saying how he can't legalize cannabis or, you know, small amounts to, to go on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, do these people even like understand chemistry and what, cause that's what drugs are. This is what, you know, sugar, caffeine to weed. This is all just better living through chemistry. And, you know, we can't arrest our way out of this stuff that is the bad stuff, you know, like addiction and all the other stuff that we have going on, on the streets. Instead, they blame cannabis and try and say things like it's a gateway drug, but you can give a hobo money to go buy a six pack for you when you're 12. I mean, there's just, just different things that people don't like. People are going to do effed up shit no matter what, you know, because sure, like like, why aren't we being honest with people about the stuff that they're doing? Exactly. Like, you know, it's because one of it's so culturally acceptable and the other one is been taboo and they just uh, suppressed all the factual evidence about it. You know, it, it's it's way past time to st- you know, sub- stop suppressing all the evidence about cannabis. Way Dude, past. We got a viewer who says, oh, my God, I would love a flight of joints, right? Instead of a beer. Yeah, I would love a flight of joints. That's one of the things that I, I like to counsel people because they call all the time because they've gone over to our, our site, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, and then they've gotten in touch with me because they've they filled out that form that's on that, and they've gotten into our systems or they send me an email. And uh, they're like, hey, I want to do a dispensary, but I can't get one because it's too hard. So I want to do a consumption lounge. I'm like, you know, why don't you just sell services? Like, you know, you'd, you'd hire a joint roller. You'd have somebody else whose job is to, like, clean the pipes. And then you could um, have uh, – that's what you could do. you do pipe rentals uh, and then joint rolling. Uh, and then, of course, you could just have, like, tea and crumpets and other stuff, but probably not alcohol. There's but no they way they that. can be alcohol. They've had that and no one's died. Like, yeah. in, in Oregon, there was the uh, – during the recreational market, uh, uh, there was the, uh, the cannabis uh, uh, – market i think it was i forget what he i have the card but he used to be in washington but then when medical switched to recreational and the rules cracking down and empowering the police he moved to uh, oregon uh, which had a more open broader uh rule set because again we're talking about the gray area until there are rules and actual books people are going forth and in, in opening businesses and starting things fingers crossed that they don't get raided busted or or or, or fined and right. he was doing quite well by himself. He had a, it was a private club uh, model where you pay twenty bucks for a month or a hundred bucks for a year, and uh, you can go there. Uh, you get dab rigs you can use. Um, no joint roller. Though, that's exactly. But, I mean, that's another yeah. aspect of it that I tell him to do. Don't forget to do like a subscription business model, like an Amazon Prime style, because then you it's all about getting your email list for people. It's because they have to agree to the terms of service when they come into your consumption lounge. And then they have to uh, abide by them. But then then you have their email address. And so, you know, we do a lot of consulting on those types of things. And we built our email address up to over five thousand. Uh, in our three years. And so it's, it, you keep, you keep acquiring those types of resources, but the uh, subscription business model would be great. Like, you know, a $10 membership fee uh, or something like that. And then that membership fee gets them uh, cheaper access. And so you give them a, a deal. And then every month you have some money that's ringing the register. Uh, and then of course you're emailing them and telling them what's going on at your consumption lounge. No, that was perfectly it. The, the, the problem was the pandemic killed his business, right? Like, now we're at the endemic, so unless your balls are like seriously this big, a lounge is not the the choice of investment to go into right now, right? Yeah, a, lo- a lounge, a restaurant, oof, yikes! Yeah, yeah. Like those those have just gotten eaten up, and then they looked like things were getting better, and then bang, you know, it came out that uh, this is Omicron was real. It was a real freaking. Well, this man. whole pandemic's been real, right? This goddamn virus that everybody wants to like. Um, and again, dude, how many times can I be right? And how many more studies come out about goddamn CBD and cannabis and, and COVID-19, right? Like that, that there was that recent one in Vice. I mean, this, this has been a, and again, the fact that prohibition has not enabled real testing and, and people to be like, that's not real. Cannabis is not medicine. Cannabis doesn't help your immune system. Cannabis doesn't, you know, if it was, the government would have legalized it. But again, we're, we're seeing why the process is so flawed you know they couldn't get the filibuster ending passed through they can't you know there's other stuff they've done right there's 
parliamentary stuff that we don't talk about because there's a lot of it's a lot. You know, there's it's like goddamn 3D chess. And unless you're the cartoon character who wins by accident and then, you know, everybody around you enables you, right. you know, because and again, what up? <laughs> well, in continuing uh, ridiculous, that's just ridiculous news. You know, that's not uh, stuff that I wasn't expecting, but that's just ridiculous news. An armored car firm has filed a suit against law enforcement because they have stolen their marijuana cash. Uh, and this is coming in from you uh, out of MJ Biz Daily by John Schroyer. An armored car and fintech company filed a lawsuit against the federal government and multiple law enforcement agencies alleging that it had been unlawfully targeted by police over the past year and is the victim of highway robbery, quite literally. So this is a Denver-based Imperial Logistics, and they do 28 states' worth of business in the cannabis industry, including moving cash, because cash handling and management is quite important in the industry, as you are aware. I mean, think about that. What do you do with the boatloads of cash that are in your floor? You know, like, how do you get the? And then if you have operations in more than one state, you know, uh, I helped uh, a an operator out of your state, you know, Washington, get a license in Illinois. Still hung up in litigation, but you know they got it. And in a year, when they're open, same issue. You know, are they going to have a pile of cash, and they have to get it from Illinois to uh, Seattle? And then is this going to get what they're doing? Like law enforcement just seizes it and say, nope, it's uh, drug trafficking properties. And again, it comes down to the stupid codes. This is all uh, semantical, these these arrests, right? Like you talked about how they're the codes and the credit cards. You know, in that article you just pointed out, it was a fintech company, which is financial tech, right? So mm-hmm. somebody created an app or whatever processy that, you know, you know, code they wanted to create. But within that code, that money's got to get deposited somewhere, right? It's got to get, you know, some sort of right. – uh, there's an there's a, there's a, uh, exchange of goods. Right. And claiming so, in this lawsuit that was filed in the U.S. District Court in Central District of California, it's probably around this, uh, what's that city, San Francisco or Sacramento area, uh, the company has alleged the law enforcement officials conspired to seize cash from vehicles through pretextual stops of their armored vehicles because they knew they were transporting cash proceeds from marijuana businesses. And they claim the suit, the officials used civil forfeiture laws to confiscate one more, more than $1 million from its armored vehicles despite no company employees being charged with a crime. And so they are now asking for a temporary restraining order so they can get their money back. Oh, San Bernardino, that's where it is. Man, what a way for the government to steal money. I mean, just obviously, like, like, I mean, that's what this is. This is just stealing. And again, yeah, but it's related. This is that one that was related to see the Imperial driver was stopped in October in Kansas while transporting that cash from the Missouri medical marijuana facility to its financial institution in the state of Colorado. We've reported on this in cannabis legalization news previously. It's just now continuing to develop. And I watch it, you know, because I it's a guy named Lucas Sheroy that uh, I got a call, you know, I meant to call him last week. Uh, Lucas, I'll be in touch. But it's just more ways that they can overreach, you know, because of a lack of code and, and whatever, a lack of checks for them to check off and say, because I think everybody in this legal market just wants to be legal, you know, want to be law abiding, not trying to skirt the law or, or the taxes or whatever it is. If they could put that in their books and, and take that as part of their like overhead, you know, but they can't. It's, it's again the gray area so bad it's the worst man but that is all the cannabis legalization news that came by, past my desk in the past couple of days hey i will give a shout out to shiba hut oh shiba hut did some really cool stuff we didn't talk about them yet let's uh give if you got them up why don't you you know yeah. kind of control plus that up a bit and let's talk about shiba hut so this happened already this was on thursday but shiba hut was hosting the Smoke Out and Justice Day to raise money for cannabis and criminal reform. And I just thought it was amazing the fact that this is a non-cannabis company. Uh, they're, they're a sandwich company. And I guess the store is like all themed about like, sam- you know, cannabis sandwiches or whatever, uh, you know, as far as the names go. But uh, they gave all their, their money to the Last Prisoner Project or the proceeds, you know, not all the money, but, uh, you know, proceeds from those sandwiches to the Last Prisoner Project, which, Wow. That's pretty cool. Can you imagine McDonald's or Jack in the Box or something like that? You know, one of the bigger ones. 
I mean, yeah. that's when you know you're like making progress and and people give an F, you know? Yeah, this guy is uh, talking about something. I'd have to read that lawsuit. And so I'll read the lawsuit and let you know the legal theories. But I'm assuming that it has some things to do with the Robacher Fire Amendment. And um, the, they're operating pursuant to state li- legal licenses. So there shouldn't be any allocation of any type of money to uh, seize. There should be no enforcement allocation under the federal budget. So give the money back. But I, I haven't read the complaint yet. What about the German company? Remember that that got busted for fintech and there. Oh, that was different. They were doing like literally wire fraud and money laundering. They were like making a false claim regarding that code to do the credit card transactions. Right. Because there's no code available for cannabis transactions. But well, I understand that, but that's a different thing. That's like literally lying under the like the wire uh, transfer action and versus uh, seizing assets from law enforcement. Law enforcement stopping a car and taking its cash is a different set of facts than me using uh, a four-digit code that I know is wrong to commit a uh, an electronic transaction. The fact that they, they they took the money but didn't like freeze any accounts is a big like what's going on? What's the where's the crime? The crime is that that lie that they did when they made the financial transaction. No, I meant the guys driving across state lines from Missouri to. Oh, that there is no crime. That's complete bullshit. So, like, I I agree with them, and I can't wait to read that case. And so, I'm going to mm. go pull that lawsuit, read it, and and then I'm going to call Luke. Be like, you got that uh, got that criminal matter taken care of yet? Because I got a case that I want to file in uh, in Maine. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's everything I had. Cool. Well, you know what we should do? We should give a big shout out to all of our members. Thank you so much. If you guys need to get in touch with us, facebook.com backslash free THC. You can follow me on Instagram at Cannabis Industry Lawyer or go over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. If you're a cannabis entrepreneur trying to get a license or if you already have a license and you're operating, you have some uh, some questions and need some help. That's where I'd go if I was you. Oh, yeah. Catch us Wednesday. Yeah, catch us. Catch us then. Uh, we'll see you later. Take care. Smoke, you got them. Smoke them if you got them. Where is the credits? Oh, there they are. Brown cow. Yeah. Brown cow. You think uh, Tom Brady's winning? Because like he was losing before we went on the show, and so I'm going to go see if that's still there. Well, good luck to you, man. I don't really follow sports. Oh, yeah, sports, right. Sports! Field goals. <laughs> sports.